0: What's going on everybody? It's your boy Trey. Welcome back to Renewed Studio. Um, I'm really glad you guys took out the time to listen to this video. Hopefully you find it helpful and edifying um, if you are a new Christian, um, if you are a seasoned Christian, or if you're someone who's considering um, becoming Christian. Uh, the whole purpose of this uh, channel really is to encourage rightly dividing the Word of God um, and understanding what it is that we believe as Christians um, so that way we can live out the life that God has called us to live out. We also want to take some time out at some point to uh, really put a Christian lens on what's happening within the culture, what's happening in society, um, and think through these things scripturally and with critically th- and with critical thinking. Um, so I'm really glad you guys decided to join. Um, last time we talked about... Uh, salvation, what salvation is, what we're being saved from, and how we become saved. Um, and in this video, we really want to talk about uh, life afterwards. So um, what does it mean to be dead to sin and what is sanctification, right? Um, so now that you've decided to give your life to Christ, now what does that mean exactly? Uh, where is that going? Uh, so that's what we want to talk about today. Before we get into that, I want to introduce um, a book to you all. If you haven't heard of this book before, it's called Majority World Theology, um, and it's a really good resource uh, for new Christians as well as for Christians or people who've been Christian for a while. In Majority World Theology, it really looks at um, how Christian theology is applied in a global uh, perspective. So, you know, most times, especially here in the West, and we talk about the United States as well as Europe, uh, we have a very Western dominant uh, perspective of Christianity, where we can almost feel like this is the church, and we can feel like this is essentially the entire church world. But the reality um, is that the largest number of Christians, specifically within the last 20 years, is Africa. Um, And then there's very large populations um, in South America and very large populations in Asia And so um, while we here in the West have a Western perspective that kind of influences our theology um, in the global South, uh, they have other perspectives that influence their application of theology. And so this book really gives us um, a broad view or a a broader understanding of what Christian theology is, um, what those foundational things are for us, and how those things are applied throughout different cultures um, in the world. So I think it's a really good resource. Uh, One of my seminary professors introduced it to me um, as we were going through some topics, and it's been uh, extremely helpful for me. And so I believe it'll be extremely helpful for you. Uh, So without further ado, we're going to get into the topic uh, for this discussion. Again, we're talking about being dead to sin and sanctification. So uh, let's get into it. So I got to get this technology together. Uh, so as I said, um, we want to get into now that you've given your life to Christ. Um, now, what does that mean? Right. What is happening in our lives now that we've given our lives to Christ? Oftentimes, you know, or sometimes. We kind of think of it as uh, now I've given my life to Christ, now I'm good to go, right? And there's nothing else that's happening. There's nothing else that needs to be done, uh, but that's not true. You know, when we give our life to Christ, we now have entered into a new life and we're entering into a new journey uh, where God is really doing some things in us and we want to explore what those things are. Um, So let's get into uh, this first thing here, right? Uh, So we're looking at, again, living a holy lifestyle and what sanctification is and what it means to be dead to sin. Uh, So our very first scripture comes from Romans 6, 1 and 2. It reads, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we... Who died to sin still live in it, and so this is a very important conversation because Paul, in the previous chapter, um, had just got finished talking about how where sin abounds, grace much more abounds, and he's wanting to make sure he answers the question: Well, if where sin is, uh, grace multiplies even more, should we continue to sin so that way grace can continue? to abound Um, and he's saying absolutely not right Um, he's letting them know that you are now dead to sin we um, as believers we those of us who have now accepted uh, Jesus as Lord we have now become dead to sin so what does that actually mean and so let's look at what this means so Paul uses in the following verses the symbolism um, of baptism and also Jesus's death, burial and resurrection to explain what this means. And so one, he says that we are baptized into Jesus's death. Right. And so in, in, in essence, what he's saying is that, you know, as Jesus died for our sins on the cross, when we accept Jesus as our Lord, what we're doing is or what's happening to us is that we are now being baptized into that same death. So we are now putting to death. Uh, that lifestyle of sin that we were living before, right? Secondly, uh, Paul then says in verse four that we are buried with Jesus by baptism into death. So now that we've put that, that sinful nature, that old man, that old way of living to death, we've decided that we're leaving that alone. We're now burying those things with Jesus, right? And then third, it says, just as Jesus was raised from the dead for the glory of the Father, we are reborn into a new life as believers and so what Paul is explaining to the Romans and he, and now explaining to us is that when we come into faith when we are uh, when we become saved what we're doing is we are putting away that old person we're putting away that old way of thinking we're putting away uh, the old lifestyle that was sinful and we are metaphorically, uh, burying those things just as Jesus was buried after he died on the cross. Remember, Jesus Christ bore our sins on the cross and paid the penalty that we could not pay. Right. Uh, we were unable to pay that penalty. He paid it for us. And so he he uh, he, he he bore those sins on the cross and then he was buried. Um, And so Paul is saying that in the same exact way that Jesus was buried, that we are now putting away, we're now burying um, our old lifestyle that led us away from God. And in the same way that God raised Jesus up from the dead um, with power over sin and death, we are now being raised Uh, up from that old lifestyle, we're being raised into a new lifestyle. We're being raised into a new way of thinking. Um, And this way of thinking and this lifestyle uh, keeps us in relationship with God um, and changes the decisions that we make and changes the way that we see things. Um, It changes um, how we are, uh, how we feel, how we are on the inside. It changes our character, right? Um, And so this is what Paul would call, uh, the dying of the old man and then the birth of the new man. The old man is our sinful nature, our sinful ways, our sinful habits. And the new man is now this, uh, this new person with, uh, with a renewed focus on God's purpose for our lives. Um, this new man, uh, as opposed to the old man, where the old man was really more focused on fulfilling the desires of his flesh and doing the things that he wants to do. This old, this new man now is really focused on allowing God to direct him um, and really living a lifestyle that's going to be pleasing uh, to him. Let's move on here. Uh, when we get to uh, Romans 6, 7 through 11, Romans uh, Paul goes into more detail about what it means to be dead to sin. So seven says, since a person who has died is free from sin. Now, if we die with Christ, we believe that we will live. We will also live with him because we know that Christ having been raised from the dead will not die again. Death no longer rules over him for the death. He died. He died to sin once for all time, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you too consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Right. And so here again, what Paul is doing is he's using uh, the the symbolism of Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, was buried. He died that one time and he died to sin. He bore all of our sins on the cross. And when he died, those sins went with him, right? And so, but when he was resurrected, again, he was resurrected to a new life, right? Those, he, re, he, was, he was resurrected and he had been given victory over sin and over death. When we have now accepted Jesus as our Lord, what we do in the process is that we bury those sins along with him and then we are renewed or we are resurrected as new creatures, And so in the same way that Jesus died to sin, we also die to sin. And so we are no longer to be drawn towards those things or we're no longer to run towards those things uh, that kept us in sin before. We are now to uh, go away from those those lifestyles, go away from those choices uh, that had us wrapped up in sin um, in our old man. Uh, Verse 12 through 14 says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you desire that you obey its desires. So here um, we are really Paul is giving us some uh, some wisdom as as new believers, because the Romans, these are newly um, uh, Roman and Jewish converts to Christianity. Uh, So when we think about the history of the church, the history of church is that in the uh, in the first years of the church, um, most of the people who are converting into Christianity are Jews who practiced uh, what we now know as Judaism before. And so now he's trying to lay the foundation uh, down for them so they can understand what is this thing that they are now coming into. So again, 12 says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires, and do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons for unrighteousness. But as those who are alive from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. For sin will not rule over you Because you are not under the law But under grace And so Paul is giving out wisdom here He's giving out some dimes here That we need to make sure that we are taking in as modern Christians And he's letting them know that You've you've gone through this process, right Of giving your life over to Christ And you are dead to sin So now that you are dead to sin Do not go back chasing those things That had you in sinful lifestyles before Do not go back chasing people who were influencing you to be in sinful lifestyles before. Instead, go after those things that encourage you and promote righteousness. Uh, Go after or or be around those people who promote righteousness. Take into yourself those things that promote uh, righteousness within you. Because what we also know is that even though we're saved, temptation doesn't go anywhere. And when the temptation is still there... And we're entertaining the temptation. What we're doing is we're feeding our flesh and we're making it harder to resist sin. Um, And oftentimes when we do that, we end up going right back into sin um, and living those very sinful lifestyles that we're supposed to be dead to. Paul is letting the Romans know you are dead to those things now. Doesn't mean you won't be tempted. But you are dead to those things. And so now you need to go into, into the direction that promotes a righteous lifestyle and that promotes a, a lifestyle that will please God now, because this is who we have become. All right. Now, 17 through 19 is where we're going to get to the, 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 the other uh, part of our topic today it says, uh, but thank God that although you used to be slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart that pattern of teaching. To which you were handed over And having been set free from sin You became enslaved To righteousness So it's extremely important that you understand what he's saying here That before when we were not saved Before salvation All of us were slaves to sin meaning that we were all under the power and influence of sin so when our flesh said go do something or our flesh said go say something we did those things and we said those things because we were slaves to sin right Um, but after receiving the teachings and the teachings meaning the teachings of salvation and what that actually means Um, we are now becoming, we are now slaves to righteousness. Again, meaning that we are now under the influence of righteousness. Uh, Now, God is now uh, leading and guiding our lives. God is changing our hearts and changing our minds. So that way we can make different decisions that promote righteousness. 19 says, I am using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh. So Paul is basically saying, I'm using this analogy of slavery or being enslaved because you will understand that. Um, For just as you offered the parts of yourself as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results in sanctification. So we're getting to the question that we want to answer tonight is what is sanctification? But Paul says, offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, offer yourselves to the influence, to the control of righteousness, and that results in sanctification. And so what is sanctification? Well, sanctification means to be set apart for God's purpose. Another word would be holiness. Right. Um, And so sometimes when we think about sanctification, especially, you know, depending on the type of Christian tradition you may come from, sanctification, sanctification maybe wrapped up in how you dress like the particular attire that you that you that you dress in or how you talk right so a lot of people talk about i got to act holy i got to act sanctified i got to be this and i got to be that understanding that <clears throat> that's not what sanctification is sanctification doesn't have anything to do with your clothes even though sanctification may influence the way that you dress what sanctification really means is that you are now being set apart so that God can use you in whatever way he chooses to use you. So for some people that may be preaching, for some people that may be being a help to people who need help, Uh, for some people that may be being an intercessor, Uh, for other people that may be providing food and shelter, Uh, for other people that may be being a pastor, for some that may be being an evangelist. There are so many uses uh, that God has for us we oftentimes kind of put God in a box and put ourselves in a box and think that we can only be used in the church building. Um, The problem with that is that there are only so many things to do in the church building. You have the pastor, you have the the staff underneath, you have the deacons, you have the teachers, you have the singers, um, you have the ushers, you have the people who may work in the finance and, and what have you. Uh, but that's not all that God has us set apart for. There's so many things that God wants to use us for and so many people God wants to use us to reach. And so sanctification really means to be set apart from uh, for God's purpose. Um, and here's what we learn about sanctification through the scripture. Number one, this is based on uh, Romans chapter 6, verses 19. uh, Sanctification happens at salvation. And so uh, so sometimes you may hear people talk about needing to get more and more and more sanctified. Well, here's the thing. When you get saved, you are set apart at that point. When you have actually given your life over to Christ, like not just said words, but have believed in your heart um, and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, uh, you are now being set apart, so you are now sanctified all right next thing sanctification is progressive that means that as we grow in our knowledge, it draws us closer to him, it draws us closer to God, um, and so that sanctification process that 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 being set apart, it becomes more solidified in our understanding as we grow in our, in our knowledge of the word. Uh, three, sanctification is to be pursued by believers. And so uh, the scriptures, I here we have First Peter 1 and 15 and Hebrews 12 and 14. Both of these scriptures implore the believer that as you're living life and as you're dealing with people, as you're dealing with society, that you should make sure you're living in peace as well as sanctification. You should be living in peace with, this, with as many people as possible, As well as making sure that you remain on that path of sanctification where you are remaining set apart for God's purposes instead of being drawn into sin. Um, And then lastly, sanctification is attained through God's truth and the word of God. We get this from John 17 and 17. And so as we get into the word of God, we learn God's truth and God's truth replaces the secular or the worldly proof that uh, truth that we have learned. Prior to salvation, and with that knowledge, again, it allows us to yield ourselves more over to over to God for His purposes, right? And so, what God wants to do in the life of the believer um, is not just save you on the day of, of of salvation, but also wants to set you apart so that way He can use you, right? And in order for us to do that, we have to remember that we are dead to sin. We are no longer uh, uh, people who are controlled or people who are influenced by sin. Uh, we now are influenced by, uh, by righteousness, by the spirit of God. Right. And so uh, when we have submitted our lives over to him, this is the work that he's doing in you. He saves your soul and he makes you dead to sin. And now he is setting you apart. his purposes he is taking you out of certain situations so that way you can have time to learn about him so that way you can have time to be dedicated to him and understand what that actually means understand what god is actually not only requiring of you but what it means to have a relationship with god right that's what he's doing in you once you get saved and that is a process that goes on for our entire lives as long as we live, we are learning more <clears throat> and more about God. Um, as long as we get into his word he 's revealing himself more and more to us right the The more that we uh, cling to those things that are righteous and move away from those things that are sinful, the clearer our vision becomes um, of god 's perfect will right The clearer our understanding becomes of God's purposes, the more we are able to be used by God for whatever those things are that he's calling us to do. And so my my encouragement to anybody who's watching this, again, whether you are newly saved, whether you've been saved, or whether you're thinking about being saved, um, is that after you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, remember that he has also made you dead to sin. Run to those things, run to those conversations that will encourage you to make righteous decisions, that will encourage you to live a righteous lifestyle. And remember that you are set apart. And so you are not to be mixed up in everything that's going on. You have been set apart for God's purposes and God's purposes, right, is to Introduce him, or introduce people to him as well, right? To go back, to go out into the world, as Jesus said, as he was uh, before he before he ascended back into heaven, to go out into the world and make disciples, right? And to teach everyone what you're learned, what you have learned. Um, And so we want to make sure that we are where we need to be, so that God can use us in the way that He wants to use us. Uh, With that being said, I want to always. In this, with prayer, um, again for those who may be saved, who may not be saved, I want to I want to pray uh, that God has His way in your life, um, and that He reveals Himself to you um, in the way that you would understand. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before You uh, on this night, Lord God, and we just thank and praise You for Your Word, and we thank and praise You for the work that You're doing in us. We thank You for salvation. We thank you that we are dead to the power and influence of sin, that we no longer have to make the choice of sin, but we now can make the choice to live a righteous lifestyle. I pray, Lord God, that everyone who is watching this video is encouraged in one way or the other to completely submit their lives over to you and to continue to go with you as you have sanctified them, as you have set them apart for your purposes. Uh, And I pray that they will allow you to use them for whatever purpose you have deemed necessary for their lives. I pray that if there is anything or there is anyone who may be keeping our listeners, our viewers uh, from accepting you as Lord, that may be keeping our listeners and our viewers uh, from detaching from sinful lifestyles. I pray that you will give them the power to separate themselves from those things and from those people. I thank you and praise you for what you're doing and what you're doing across the world. We praise you in Jesus name. Amen. All right, until next time I look forward to seeing everybody and uh no I look for I look forward to the comments. Please put comments in the comment section um, questions uh insights, or if you have uh, topics that you want us to discover to uh to go over here. Uh, Please put those in the comment section as well. And with that, everybody have a wonderful night.